Restaurants Unstoppable, episode 65. Welcome to RestaurantUnstoppable.com. Listen to successful restaurant professionals as they discuss the tools, tactics, and services they use to better lead, manage, and market their restaurants. Join our community and make your restaurant dreams unstoppable. Here's your host, Eric Cacciatore. Yo! What's going on, all you unstoppable restaurant professionals? It's me, your host, Eric Cacciatore, and this is the podcast for personal growth in the restaurant industry. And we do that by listening to the stories and advice of some of the industry's most successful restaurant professionals. I have a great show for you today, like always, but before we get into the incredible content, please let me invite you to check me out over at Facebook, LinkedIn, Google+, Twitter. I'm out there, and I am looking for content ideas to dig into and research so I can turn around and share it with you, uh, and I'm looking for guests, so if you can think of anybody, shoot me a message. I would love to hear who you want to hear from, and I'll do everything humanly possible to get them on the show. So that's it today. Just a real quick intro. Um, now it's time to drop those bombs of knowledge. Enjoy. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Chef Kevin Oots. Chef, how are you today? I'm doing doing great, Eric. Thanks for uh, thanks for asking. I am so uh, pumped to have you on the show, and I have to ask, like I ask all my guests, are you ready to drop some big old bombs of knowledge? Absolutely. Let's do this. <laughs> all right, let's do it. You're right. Okay, so I'm just going to give a quick introduction, Chef, and then I'll pass it over to you to kind of further elaborate. Chef Kevin Oots has been named by peer-reviewed publications as one of the best chefs in America. He has worked under the tutelage of great chefs like Linton Hopkins and Thomas Keller. During this time, his eyes began to open to the importance of sustainability. It wasn't until he started his stage at the Fatty Cap under Chef Taylor, and you're going to have to help me out with this one. What's, how do you say that last name, Chef? Bodeker. Bodeker, thank you, that he found his true calling in charcuterie. It wasn't long before his two passions of sustainability and charcuterie collided to form what is now the Spotted Trotter. He also has some big plans for the future, but we'll get to that later. Um, We'll close up. He'll tell you what he has on the horizon, but you have to stick around to the end. That's just a quick introduction, Chef. Uh, Let's take us back to the beginning. When did you know that this industry was going to be the industry for you? Um, It really kind of hit home when I was um, when I was working uh, probably under Chef Linton Hopkins and, and had the opportunity to, uh, to kind of mold myself and figure out where I fit into this um, this big industry um, so more more or less it was it was working with him and kind of really starting to to hone what I was doing and, and try to try to find the value and, and understanding of where my place uh, you know how I was going to fit into this uh, to this big world of, of, of food. Awesome, and uh, let's talk about the transition into your first, uh, you know, your first business, which is your butchery, uh, the Spotted Trotter. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I had, um, I finished uh, working with Clinton, um, and I was there for a little over three and a half years, and um, went out to 
to work at the French Laundry out in California, and um, it was just a very short stage. I was there, uh, and while I was there, I was, you know, in, in the food mecca of our country is, is Northern California. It's got to be at least one of them. And so while there, I had the opportunity to uh, to work with um, Taylor Bodeker. I would go in in the morning and, and do my stage at the French Laundry, and we'd get out, uh, you know, late, late in the afternoon and um, would work uh, with Taylor and, and had the opportunity to, to train with someone that if you <laughs> – you look at look what um, you know the folks that have, have mentored uh, underneath him have have done. Um, he's he's a great teacher. He, he was very approachable, and you know I discovered um, that this was a niche and this was something that in the city of Atlanta wasn't you know being really taken seriously, and it wasn't something that was truly um, I don't I wouldn't say take it seriously. It was some some it was a, there was an opportunity. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. And um, so I called my wife um, instantly and I said, you know, I asked Taylor we were going to do a. a, a Pig cook, uh, pig cook at, at Robert Mondavi's brother's home in, in Napa, and we we rolled out. And while I was driving, I asked Taylor how he got started, and he kind of just um, spilled the beans and, and told me that you know he started selling the farmers markets. And it was at that moment that you know at that time in Atlanta, there was a couple of really dynamite farmers markets that had just opened up, and we had to I, I it just clicked, and I called my wife instantly, and I said, oh my gosh, this is something we we can do. And, um, you know, we just, we got back and, and we did everything we could. We bought a stuffer and a grinder and, and got, got rolling with it. And it was something that, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been, it's been a pretty, um, pretty amazing ride since, since then. But that, uh, that was when I truly just kind of discovered and understood what the potential was. Um, you know, we initially wanted to open a restaurant, but the, uh, 2008 season of, of finances was not, uh, allowing a lot of, uh, money to be, to be landed or, yeah. So we, we did our best to do what we could in the time and, and the money that we had, and um, having the opportunity to, to you know dive into this has been something that's just been incredible. That's an awesome, truly inspiring story, Chef. Um, and you know what really stood out to me is just uh, what I found. Uh, and don't mind that thunder in the background if you can hear it. Sorry about that, you guys at home. Um, what really stood out to me is, and what I've noticed with a lot of my guests, is their ability to see and recognize opportunity, and then be willing to take the risk. And it sounds like you know it, I, I just hear that happening with you and your story. You saw an opportunity. Nobody was doing charcuterie in the, the south of Georgia, and there was an opportunity with all the farmers markets and you knew you had there was a void and you filled that void and you're successful today because of it and also you're just what's really cool about humans is we have that unique ability to um be creative and to uh ask ourselves how can we make this possible you didn't have the funds then to start a restaurant but you saw an opportunity to get started and to at least move in that direction and you've been making it happen ever since so congratulations thank you yeah, it's truly inspiring. Um, so do you want to add anything else to that, or should we move to the next question? No, I I, I think we, we summed it up, um, you know, and, and having uh, – being married to an incredible woman that was, you know, <laughs> giving me the opportunity to do that was was something that I have to absolutely recognize and make sure, you know, that – that we, we credit her, and, and she's been an integral part of my business since then. So I'm so happy you point that out. And so many people that get into trouble with their other halves, um, because it's such a commitment that you really need everybody in the family to be on board. It's a family commitment, not a solo commitment. So uh, extremely Without important. a doubt. Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right, the next question I have for you, Chef, is uh, what is one of your favorite, your most favorite success quotes or mantra? We try to get the motivational ball going here. So what do you have for us? 
Awesome. I love uh, success quotes. We've got quite a few in the kitchen that we try to get, uh, you know, keep the mundane tasks uh, from day to day moving along. Um, I have one in the, uh, that I like to call on. It's um, as aspiring chefs, doing what we love is a privilege. To work in the business of food is to work in the business of details. If you don't know the details, you don't know the business. If you don't know the business, the business will inevitably fail. Details are everything. Yeah, that's awesome. And it, details are so important. You couldn't uh, be more spot on. Why would you say the details are so important? Well, you know, everything that perpetuates follows that, that central detail. And so especially in the business of, you know, we, we're a USDA facility. So when we package meat, it's not just all the work that it takes to, to you know, procure the meat, package the meat, and then, you know, make sure that we're, we're caring for the product. The details start from, from the epicenter of, 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 of what we do. And if we don't follow each detail through, you know, say, for instance, uh, a 600-pound batch of, of, of ground meat gets salted incorrectly. Um, the details in which we, we you know, we, we grind all the spices whole and, and, and we, um, we're putting all that passion and detail in, into the work. But if any of those details are left off, everything that is done after that, you know, perpetuates that failure. And so we have to look at the details of everything and everything we do, and, and especially when we're, you know, working in an environment where someone's going to take that product home, and the details just begin to start when they cut that package open. Because if anything is lost or anything is forgotten, it, they, you can't go back from that, right? So the performance just begins to, you know, start to happen when that person takes that product home and starts to enjoy it. Absolutely. So you got it's, it. Uh, pretty important yeah and just reminds me to what uh john taffer writes about in his book uh, a book i'm reading now uh raising the bar or raise the bar he talks about how we're in the industry of result or reactions we're not we're selling food but ultimately we're selling the reactions and it's the details like you're talking about that make those reactions uh, Absolutely. Yeah, so such great advice. Thank you, Chef. So let's talk a little bit more about you. Um, let's discuss your it factors. In your opinion, what do you think it is about you that has made you so successful? Um, I would say desire. Um, you know, I, was, I, I watched a, a, a TEDx talk on, um, on something that uh, TK or, or Thomas Keller did, and it was all about, you know, you can have passion, but that wears away, and it eventually starts to fall a little bit from where, who you are, but if if that burning desire is inside of you, um, and if you you strive to to have you know that desire, the attention to detail, and I'd say the last thing, Eric, is probably being able to to, to finish strong, because you meet a lot of people that put forth the effort on the front end, but you got to remember that especially in a, in a kitchen environment, the last thing you will be known for is the last thing you served, and mm -hmm. if you if you fail at finishing and closing it out. Um, whether it be cleaning or whether it be, you know, on the work side, there's so many important things to understand when you when you go into a job. It's not just about, you know, going into it and the execution and the performance of it. It's about closing it out properly. It's about finishing. And, and you know, I think finishing strong, the desire and attention to detail are probably the it factors that I that I could say that I am, so, am, am more tuned into and excited about that, that I can, you know, often see folks, you know, that if you don't have those things, the other things can be taught, but mm -hmm. you, you, you have to try to uh, try to have something that, that most folks don't, and that's what I think I have. And if you don't mind, I want to point out something that I picked up from your website about you when reading and doing the, the, my research on you that really stood out to me. Um, and this is when you were a kid, you wrote, 
I was determined to always create something that was truly enjoyed and to see the smiles and satisfaction that my cooking could create left me with the greatest feeling in the world. What do you have to say about that? Well, I think being able to make people happy is, is an absolute part of, of cooking because if you're doing this for a living, you, you certainly aren't doing it for the money and you certainly you know, have, have other opportunities to, uh, to embrace in the world. And, and for me, it's, 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 it's the challenge of making people happy, seeing them, seeing them um, be just, just elated or you know, when someone's eyebrows light up and, they, and they, they look at something and they're just like, well, should I eat that? Or, so the idea is that you're putting something on the plate that has the contrast and the beauty and, and, and the, the excitement so that when they put it in their mouth, mouth it matches what, what their mind is thinking. And, and to me, making people happy through the food that we serve is probably the most, the most intense um, thing for me. I love it, man. I really do, and it's been such a reoccurring thing. I've interviewed over 50 you know, really successful restaurant professionals now, and it's becoming kind of a theme that so many of these people, what drives them, they don't do it for the money. They end up making the money because they're so good at what they do, but what's truly passionate about you know, what, what really drives them, their real passion, they just love making people happy, and that's, they get more you know, joy out of the intangibles in life than the monetary things that come when you just focus on making people happy. Uh, and you know you're just so you know living proof of that again. So thank you for having that you know sharing that story and sharing that reason of you know how and why you love making people happy so much. So uh, let's go to the next question here. And it's kind of now we we discovered that your passions are you know desire into you know the attention to detail and the finish strong. Uh, can you talk to us about a time that you use desire, the attention to detail, and the ability to finish strong uh, in your life? Bring us to a moment, a story in your life where these it factors helped contribute to your success. Um, well, I, I would have to say that um, every chance that I, that I have, Eric, I, I try to um, use, use those, those more, more or less the attention to detail and finishing strong in, in every opportunity I have. Um, I don't think in an industry this big, in a world that takes you know, so long to develop yourself, you can truly peg one specific time. Um, you know, I'm still learning how to be successful, making mistakes, um, through trying to you know, run through those mistakes. And in a way that uh, we can have the least amount of threat to our, and risk to our business. So whether they be my mistakes or someone else's mistakes can be you know, what I think is a, a truly the most valuable lesson. Um, but how we learn from him is it's, it's a big, big point in, in, in our longevity and the success of our business. But I think um, if, if I think about how, how I've used them, it's, it's each time I go out and each time I, I have an opportunity to, to, to present something for someone, I, I'm always using those, those, those it factors. And, and being able to have an attention to detail and strength and finishing when you walk away, um, it, it's it's what people remember, and so when I we're building ourselves throughout this whole industry. So mm-hmm. if you start, you have to always understand that you're always on stage, and you're always going to be out in front of individuals. And and if you if you neglect those points, the the details in, in your work, and and being able to walk away saying I've done it correctly, and and all the people that work with me, and all the individuals that had a, an opportunity to eat the food, you've closed that out, and you've finished strong, and you say that's I, you you leave it there, and mm-hmm. that's it. And that's what they have to walk away from. So I don't know if there's any one specific time. I would say, and, you know, it's a, it's a testament to, to where I am and, and what I'm doing that every time I have to do it. Mm-hmm. So I think any, any opportunity I have, you know, when I was 
creating things for the for local events and things like that. You know, I, oftentimes I I would hear people complain and, and even uh, a couple of chefs say, "Oh, you really went over the top," and you you're, you always go over the top. And I'm like, I started to feel like I sh- you know like I was doing something wrong. But to me, if that's if that's if that's what if that's what I if that's what makes me happy, and that's what truly has gotten to me where I am, then why why would I abnegate and 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 leave those things you know i hear what you're saying chef but you know i want to push for one specific story i'm going to be really determined to get one story (laughs) out of you You you're talking about how during like competitions or big events uh all the other chefs say you you always go over the top bring us to an example where this you went over the top and bring us down to the moment and tell the story okay well so we um three years ago have had the opportunity to uh be graced with the food and wine festival here in atlanta and I got called upon, and it was the most incredible opportunity in in my career to showcase the things that I've been working on and and, and the the work that I've been putting into um, to bring it out for everyone to see. So you know, I was I I, <laughs> I spent so much time building my platters and and had them. You know, we we custom built uh, all of our display pieces, and I worked and put so much time into it that the gentleman that was helping me, the woodworker that was helping me, actually um, one of his saw blades cut uh, cut my thumb off. And so I had put so much work, energy, and effort into that to the point of <laughs> it was it was really incredible. But what I what I was able to do is, um, you know, I would say that it wasn't a, a, the monumental piece that helped me, you know, get, get to, to where I am now, but I would say that it, it was definitely, um, you know, it, it was in front of a lot of great people. And, and a lot of wonderful folks in Atlanta and the Southeast had the opportunity to come eat my food and see truly what how I how I executed my my um, my dreams. And so for me, I would say you know the first food and wine festival was a really um, really incredible opportunity for that. So much so that I, you know, <laughs> did the guy hey, cut man, my thumb off. Can, it's on it's on Facebook too. You can, you uh, can see my you I can have, see the picture. I'm pretty squeamish, so I don't know if I'll look at it. But I mean, if you can finish strong with the missing appendage, then I say you got it, man. Uh, yeah. So that's a great story, and that's what I was looking for. Thank you very much for sharing it with us. Uh, the next question I have for you, obviously uh, we're successful, but we're not always successful. T- sometimes in our careers we have challenges and we have failures. Share with us, just like you did, that was great before. Bring us down to a story of a time you failed. Um, of a time that I failed. Um, in doing what I do, there really isn't, um, an opportunity to fail so much in pr- production charcuterie because if I fail, that means someone's getting sick. <laughs> so, in the in the effort of you know, full disclosure, um, failure in inside the environment where we were we were able to catch it was probably um, from my day to day production and and the work that that we started in. Um, it's it's probably having a lack of. Um, of of a system that we should have been more um, honed into, and we allowed uh, someone new, uh, we'll just call him a greenhorn, onto um, one of our one of our pieces of equipment, and he was grinding a very large batch of salami and um, dropped a, um, a a blue a blue bag into uh, you know I think it was a 200 pound batch of salami, oh, wow. and so we <laughs> we were linking we were linking the salamis, and um, we looked down and. There's these blue streaks, and we were like, "Oh my gosh, what's happened?" And so, you know, he spent the majority of the day um, going through and, and pulling out all the the pieces of blue plastic. And uh, at the end of the day, after I made him, we we went through all of that. We then had to throw um, throw the entire batch away just um, 
just on pure principle, I wanted him to understand the value and, and effort that um, that it takes to do what we do. And, and if you're not watching, in one second, it can be mm-hmm. taken away from you. So it's very important, especially in what um, what this environment you know takes. It uh, it's important to, to always remember that we're we're keeping our eye on everything that's happening. So um, as far as failures go, I would say that um, I learned a lot from that, and it was something that you know I, I walked away from um, learning a great deal. Awesome. I love how you took us through the story. Not only did you take us through the story, you also told us what you took away from the experience. So thank you very much. Uh, an awesome learning opportunity there. And, yeah, you're so right. I mean, it's you have to be so careful, especially when you're working with like, 200 pounds of meat, and that's not cheap. I mean, that's like money yeah. just being burnt. You, you know, And you made a learning opportunity out of it too, which I really have to commend you on. That's awesome. You didn't just yell at the kid. I'm sure there wasn't – I'm sure you didn't just let's say it's okay. You give him a pat on the back. But, you know, like you made a learning opportunity out of it, which is really awesome, and that's how we learn. So cool. Yeah. Um, all right. So are you ready – to drop some big ol' bombs on us. We're entering the knowledge bombs part of the interview. Boom, boom. Let's do it. <laughs> awesome. So we're going to uh, try to keep these questions below a minute and a half. It's going to be a challenge. Are you up to it? It's going to be a challenge for me. All right. <laughs> I will. If we do get a little uh, beyond, I'll probably have something to contribute to that because I have a tendency of getting off course. I'm doing it right now. So, okay, the first question, the first bomb of knowledge you're going to drop on us. Uh, what advice do you have for funding a restaurant? I'm really excited for this because you guys are in the middle of something pretty cool right now. Um, I would say the most important thing, Eric, is patience. Um, uh, relationships, and you have to be relentless. Um, you can't give up until you've tried everything. Um, you, we seriously were looking for funding to open this new restaurant. It took us six to eight months to, to find a bank. We got um, turned down, I think, eight times. And we, um, it, very ironic, it was, it was fascinating to see how this occurred. It was very serendipitous, but we, we, um, we tried with several banks, and it was, I think it, it came out to almost 11 banks that we, we got turned down. And the bank that are, and that came back around and decided to give us a loan for the bank uh, for the for the loan for the majority of of the new restaurant was the original bank that turned us down for the loan for the Spotted Trotter. <laughs> oh man, talk about irony, huh? Yeah, it was a it was a it was an incredible um, incredible opportunity for us. Um, however, we were only able to secure a certain amount, and um, we then um, researched about some 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 investment loans that were being. Um, uh, handed out uh, through a company called Invest Atlanta, and um, they, you know, they they take economic development zones and, and try to put uh, funding in, into new businesses that are going to help the economy and, and also help, you know, the 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 industry and the city grow. And um, we went to them, and, and we were really struggling. And because we finally went to to you know sign the contract, and they said, Kevin, you know, you can't uh, you can't you can't build it for this. You got to get uh, two hundred thousand more dollars, and so we had to figure out a way to value engineer the project to a point where we're shaving, you know, two hundred grand off a project that that essentially you, you know as well as I you can't you can't shave in certain places. So we did our very best to to take away what we could, and um, we finally um, had a shortfall of about ninety three thousand dollars, and that's for the Kickstarter that we're doing right now. And I. I have been through a lot in my life, and I can tell you one of the most daunting and um, really trying things to ever do is, is ask um, your family, friends, and network um, who've supported you so long uh, for money. It's, uh, it's a very daunting thing, but we've got a lot of wonderful, incredible backers and supporters that have uh, pushed and, and really have had nothing but genuine, heartfelt uh, 
you know, uh, conditions with regards to their, their support, and, and it's just been monumental. So it takes everything. It really does. And if you have your, your heart in the right place and you've got uh, the patience and um, the relationships to do it, um, you have to be relentless and, and just push hard. But uh, you will get there. Don't give up. Awesome. And what quick advice you might have for somebody who's thinking about maybe getting started with a Kickstarter uh, campaign? Um, I would say, you know, have a strategy. Make sure that you know um, they say that the biggest um, influx of cash is during the beginning and at the end. So you have to have a strategy in order to make sure during the, the you know, the 30 days, they say do, try not to do it any more than 30. But we, we made the mistake of doing it right at the 4th of July um, holiday time. So everyone's on vacation. Mm-hmm. So we extended it to 45 days, and then we had this lull for about two or three weeks where, you know, the campaign slowed to a screeching halt. And so, you know, we had to, we didn't have a strategy for this. It's not something that, you know, this this type of funding is new. It's new to everybody. And mm-hmm. so to really have a strategy and, and, and understand um, little pieces and parts that helped other people, I would say network and try to get as, the best advice you can from the folks that have, have raised the most amount of money. What advice do you have for hiring good people? Um, I, I like to find out if they make their bed. <laughs> you can uh, you can tell a ton about uh, about an individual if they make their bed and and if they're ready to work in a successful kitchen. It's the things you don't see, Eric, and the things that you don't you don't think people care about. Those are the items that have to be maintained in a, in a functioning in a successful kitchen. And so for me, it's it's you know if you can if you can find that out. But obviously, you look into your network and check and see how they've done. But having them stage and come in and pay them to stage and spend as much time as you can on the front end to make sure that um, you're doing due diligence to find out who they are and what they're about and then being able to, uh, you know, really vet, um, vet, vet their resources and find out how they've done in their past. Great. And uh, just in case there's any future employers out there, um, I'm sitting next to my well-made bed right now, just so you know. <laughs> um, all right, the next question I have for you, Chef. When you find good people, what advice do you have to keep them around? Um, I was taught long ago that um, the best thing you can do is expect the most. If you expect the most, Eric, it's like a giant circle. If if you if I hire you and I expect the best out of you and the most from you, it it comes into almost like an evolving circle mm-hmm. because you're going to expect more from me. Mm-hmm. And we we together as a as a relationship as an employer employee relationship grow because if I expect the most from you, you can turn around and say, Hey, Kevin, I'm expecting this from you now, whether it be through through money or through expectations in, in, in your performance or how, how things are going or, you know, where you want to be stationed in the business. All of those things are of value. But if I don't expect the most from you, you're just going to be a shoemaker. You're awesome. just going to be going along and, and you're going to be running through life without any any kind of expectations. So you have to challenge your employees and expect the most from them. Awesome. I love that unit mentality that you have. Uh, the next question I have for you, Chef. What advice do you have for teamwork in getting through those tough times, maybe when you're in the heat of the moment or in the middle of a rush? Talk to me about it. Um, I think, you know, you, you look at football and baseball teams and, and primarily, you know, that have a biggest impact are the ones that spend the most time with strategy, um, developing a strategy and a system. I think systems are everything. Um, if you don't have systems, you can't build confidence and courage. And, um, you know, a chef that has confidence and is working in a sound system, he's able to achieve tons of, uh, Tons more than if you don't. So I think systems are probably the one of the most valuable tools um, for getting getting a teamwork up and, and having them get through through the rush. It's uh, and it's enabling them and setting them up for success so that they're not having to rely on on um, you know just figuring it out for themselves. Awesome, great advice. What is your best restaurant or I guess in this case butcher resource? There's a couple of really great resources on Facebook with um, community groups. Um, I'd say that 
as far as butchery, um, we're trying to get a, a butcher's guild. Um, it's what started out in San Francisco, and we're trying to get an East Coast chapter started. Um, but they're they're doing a lot of great work to help you know get butchery back into the the highlighted understanding of, of our food system. Awesome. Um, you know, it's been forgotten, and, and I think it's important that. Uh, the, the Butcher's Guild, and, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of great resources and websites um, that, uh, that they utilize. And, and, but going to them as a, a focal point would be very important. Great. Uh, you're the first person to mention uh, Facebook communities. So give me, like, one or two, at least, of your favorite Facebook communities that you would suggest. Um, the Salt Cured Pig is fantastic. Um, the Butchers and Meat Cutters uh, is one as well. What social media tools do you use? <laughs> um, right now, Eric, we're using all of them. Yeah, <laughs> man, you have to be the, everywhere. The, the Kickstarter is uh, is is um, it's it gives you really great tools in the back on the back end to, to find out who you know where where that's coming in, in the most. So Twitter, we use Instagram, we use um, Facebook. So from the from the social media tool basket, we're pulling from all of them right now. And what practice? What social media practice uh, is working the best for you? I'd say fresh content, being able to give people a, a, a little bit of an insider um, hook on what you're doing and, and keeping, them, keeping them dialed into uh, what's going on in, in, in the function of your business from day to day, trying to keep them fresh, giving them fresh content, giving them new ideas and recipes that you might be working. Um, right now we're, we have a pig that we've filled in for the Kickstarter, and that's pretty much taking up the bulk of our content right now. It's just mm-hmm. trying to give people feedback on where we are and uh, the metric and, and we're using is, is a big giant pig, and we're coloring it in with a red marker. and. Hashtag fill the pig is what we're using. That's awesome. But, I mean, you what you're doing is you're bringing people into your life. It's not just a place for them to, you know, to go to eat. When you're, when you're on social media, you, it's, you have to engage with these people as if they were standing right in front of you. And how would you engage with your friends? Uh, I mean, and you're bringing these people into your friendship, into your, your family. That is your restaurant. That's a really great advice by doing it like that. So the next question I have for you is how important are new technologies uh, in your butchery or in a restaurant? And are there any new technologies that are, you're currently using or you have your eyes on the future to use that you'd like to share with us? Um, you mean t- tools or ingredients? Like like front of house uh, services or tools to stay organized and put systems in place. Like you talk about systems being so important. Is there anything that really has your attention? Uh, industry technology or maybe it's a kitchen tool that you use. Anything that kind well, of I, I think if you're talking about tools, um, written tools, you know, helping people understand and the value of of staying um, inundated with with content about. Their industry and, and having cheesemakers come in and having you know mentors that uh, that know the know the side of the business of butchery are coming in and, and giving value to what you're doing. I think so much of the service industry has been lost because it's so mundane. But we have so much marrow to suck out. We have so much information that we can provide. It's just about it's just about building the blocks to, to get people to understand you know what those things are and then having people come in and, and talk about you know them being out in the field and, 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 and raising these incredible animals or or going out and, and how to how to how they're growing um, you know a really unique uh, ingredient like mushrooms and, and how they're how they're able to, to provide us with the ingredients and inundating your your team with that technology and, and that uh, that information is, is just it's incredible. Um, and it, and it keeps them, it keeps everybody moving at the same pace and functioning at the same, same rhythm. It's, it's, it's vital. Um, as far as, you know, tools in the kitchen, we use, uh, an Aloma oven that we've had great success with. Um, we love a lot of the new technology and, and silicone, um, mediums that are coming out now for, for the different, um, you know, the different varieties of shapes and sizes and, and, and unique tools that come with that. Um, 
it's uh, we use a, a juicer, a champion juicer. We we use a lot. Um, there's a lot of a lot of neat neat technology that we'll be able to utilize more ever so much more when we're in the kitchen too. Great, thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. Uh, what is your best business advice for somebody getting started in the industry? Um, one of the things that I have to say with with the advent of social media and and you know all these developmental cooking shows and, and the things that we see is that you know it it you you can you can be tempted very easily to go out and 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 just get too excited and make mistakes and and shooting shooting too early and it's really important to be patient Mm -hmm. if you're if you're focused and you develop yourself and and you focus on the important things it's going to happen it's just a matter of making sure that that you you know you stay focused and be be patient because if if you if you have it if you have the desire, it's going to happen. You just have to make sure that you're you're waiting for the right time for all of it to come come to a head because it will it will it will by nature come to a head. But you just have to be patient enough to just to know when the right time uh, to, to let it all out. You use the word focus, and have you ever heard of the focus acronym? Yes. Follow one course until success. And the last question I have for you is: Are there any questions I could have asked you that would have brought more value to this interview? Um, maybe if anybody has any, any regrets, do you have any, any regrets about being in the place you're in now? Do you have any regrets? Do I have any? (laughs) (laughs) Not, not yet. Not yet, Eric. I I don't. And I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful to have the opportunity to come to work every day and, and have that, um, excitement and energy and and challenge. And I, I hope that I can walk away from this industry 50 years from now and say, I, I didn't have any regrets. Awesome. And that's one of the things I love about this industry. We might not make the most money, but the people that do it and they follow their passion and they follow their dreams almost never have regrets because they're living their, their dream. And, uh, yeah, that's incredible. So this is where we wrap it up. I wrap up every episode with an opportunity for you to call somebody out in the industry. Who's somebody you admire? Somebody you think would make a great addition to the show? Um, I would say in in Atlanta, it's got to be um, it, Ryan Smith, without a doubt. Ryan Smith, man, you heard it. I'm coming after you. Look out! And this is your opportunity, man. Tell us about your plans for the future. How can we connect? Tell us about this Kickstarter campaign, your new restaurant. This is your t- your chance to spread the word and uh, you know make this Kickstarter campaign work for you. We're gonna present a fascinating, exciting new industry um, uh, with with just so much so much on the bone and and. We're going to be opening a new restaurant with a butcher shop and cheese shop inside the restaurant. It truly will be one of the things that um, is going to set us apart, and I hope that uh, we all we have the opportunity to serve everybody. And um, you know, with this Kickstarter campaign, if we can get over this small hump, we got a little over thirteen thousand left to to hurdle, and um, we'll be bringing you everything we have. So if you can can make can make a backer. Uh, point happen we would love to have the opportunity to uh to get everybody in the restaurant and um and and serve you great and uh, you know one of the, the things i learned uh from the show from talking to people like you is that you have to lead by example and that is why right after this interview i am going to go over to the kickstarter and i'm going to pledge 15 dollars. it's not a lot of money but you know what I every little bit helps. I'm living yeah. off oatmeal and rice right now, so um, <laughs> trust me, it's, it's the majority of what's in my checking account. And uh, I hope to be setting an example, guys. Just think back uh, when you were getting started with your restaurants. If you're listening to this, or just what's 15 bucks? Will you forget about it in like yeah. a day? Yeah, you probably will. And how's it going to make you feel to know that you're making someone's dream come true? So just think about that. If you're listening to this, 
go over to Kickstarter right now. To, to spot a trotter. Spot a trotter and throw this guy 15 bucks. Uh, he's shared his knowledge with us. The least we can do is pay it forward and support his cause. So thank you so much, Chef. I appreciate everything you shared with us today. Truly valuable. I'm better now, and I'm sure everyone at home is better as well. And uh, thank you again. Uh, thank you, Eric. I really appreciate all the, all the things you're doing, and um, keep up the good work. Thank you so much for having me on. Another great episode here at RestaurantUnstoppable.com. Man, Kevin, you rocked. You had some great advice. Some of the things I want to touch upon in today's debrief is uh, your advice to, you know, to finish strong and pay attention to detail. It's so important. It's those little things that aren't expected that uh, when you go above and beyond and you pay attention to little details uh, that will separate you from your competitors and really make you shine, uh, and that's what will make you successful. And also... You just had some great advice about you know just pushing forward and being patient. And when you were you know trying to open your butchery in uh, your new restaurant now, uh, a lot of people would have quit a long time ago. But that's what separates winners from losers. Uh, winners don't quit, and they always find a way. There's always a way. Uh, and the, the trick to you know to keep on going is just ask yourself how. How can I make this happen? If you you push yourself and you get creative and you ask that question, how can I make this happen? You'd be surprised at some of the really cool solutions you'll come up with. But the last thing, you, you, the very last thing you should do is, you know, admit defeat or say, I can't do this. As soon as you, you know, say, I can't, your brain shuts off, your, the creativity juices just stop flowing, and uh, you might as well just throw in the towel. So, uh, you know, thanks for being a, you know, example of how to just keep on pushing. Like you say, be patient, keep driving forward. And uh, great things will happen. And um, just one more pitch for his Kickstarter campaign, guys. Go help him out. He took the time to be a mentor, to uh, share his knowledge with the next generation of restaurant professionals. Uh, It's the people like Kevin that deserve to get support from the industry. So let's band together and uh, let's help this guy make his uh, restaurant dream come true. It all starts with us. Uh, Let's, you know, work together and help each other out. So, Go hook them up, guys. Just 15 bucks, really. What's that 15 bucks going to be in a week from now? You'll totally forget about it, but you'll never forget helping uh, a fellow restaurant professional out. So, uh, great show, and that's all I have. You can find all the links to everything we talked about today at www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash 65. And don't forget to uh, subscribe to Restaurant Unstoppable on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Never miss an episode. Until next time, peace out.